The Swarmcast podcast is recorded, mixed, and produced on the poop deck of Gravy Jones Locker in the heart of Columbia, South Carolina. On the show, we talk about the gaming hobby and random fandom. Opinions on this show are bought from the liquidation of a popular toy store. I'm Toast, your cobalt announcer, and now prepare to delve into the mind of your host, John Minas. Hey guys, Toast here. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, taking a little break while I'm on tour. Uh, doing all sorts of stuff. We'll go into more detail about that later once season six. Ugh, is it really calling it a season? Anyways, once season six starts up. John gave me a bunch of stuff he recorded from Scarab and something called Shushcon. Ah, oh, wish I could have gone to that. So, I'm just gonna hash together a bunch of that stuff together and see what we got. And we're gonna start off with more of this RPG Pharaoh's Challenge from Shushkan. Jeez, he's just taking that thing everywhere, isn't he? Anyways, sit back and enjoy. <laughs> Ancient spirits of roleplaying, transform this rusty contest into... The RPG Pharaoh's Challenge! Alright, so we are here at ShushCon 2018. Yay, ShushCon! Yay, how's it going, Ruby? Going pretty good. Been having a good time? Yeah, I've played a few board games. No RPGs yet. No RPGs yet? Well, that's going to change very soon. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to have us a little challenge here, another Pharaoh's RPG challenge. Oh. You may have seen it at uh, Scarab 2018 if you were there. Yep, pretty full tables. Yeah, so we've got some challengers who are, are ready to get their their assignments and figure out what they've got one hour more or less to prepare. They've already been kind of given their systems to go over uh, Era the Consortium, yep. which is a, a hard sci-fi kind of setting. Yep. And so, but they but they have no idea what plot elements we're going to give them. Correct. That's right. So, uh, let's see who our contestants are. We have with us we have uh, Liz Schultz. How's it going? Hey, going good. And we have Brianna Kale. Kale. How's it going? It's good. How are you? So I know you've played in a lot of games, and so this is your first your first time to actually GM in one of these challenge things, yeah, right? It All is. right. Awesome. And we have Mary Harbo. Hi, good to be here. Awesome. And we have Chris Bell. How's it going, Chris? Going great. How are you doing? So, so you're looking forward to this? You're excited? I am. It'll be the second GM I ever do. Oh, I see you've got your, your excitement face on right now. <laughs> yeah, right. he looks real enthused. Right, Maybe guys. it's the lack of sleep. We did keep him up late. <laughs> so you guys have a little bit of a, an you advantage. You have a little bit of an advantage. So, as you can see, we have these four tables set up that have all sorts of stuff on them. You guys are going to get to pick which table you want based off of the color of the folder itself. And inside, it's going to have it's going to have the pre-generated characters to give to your players. It's going to have a random scenario hook and two random NPCs to kind of work into your game. Ah, and there's a card in there, too. That's right. There's a card that's going to have something on it, and that has to be worked into the game as well. There's also a little breakdown of uh, basic guidelines to keep in mind for the contest itself. Correct. There is also the scoring sheets for both the judges and the players. You are welcome to look at them, but when they pe when they sit down to your table, please hand them out. So as you see on each table, there is a dice tower. That's yours to keep. Hooray. 
There is a roll of paper from Gaming Paper, which you can use however you want, and that's also yours to keep. We have bags of D10s, which were provided by the friends of the library here, um, but they're also from High City Books, who I will totally be contacting at some point. <laughs> We've bought so many things from them. And you have these little green uh, Shishkan tokens. He which forgot to mention the dice are yours to keep or give to your players. It is up to you. Right, it's up to you. Since the system uses D10s, we decided to give everybody D10s. And these little green uh, Shishkan tokens here are one for you, one for each of your players. Correct. It's another thing just provided by Shishkan. The only thing that's required to use in your scenario, though, is whatever's in the folder. You don't have to, like, have to figure out how to incorporate the dice tower right. into your... Uh, you can use it. It's great. It's a dice tower. It rolls. I've got a question. Yeah. So everyone got their their system a few hours earlier. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think of it, Liz? Well, I had um, gone to the Era webpage already and read their rule set, which didn't have this, the setting information, but had the mechanics. Mm -hmm. So I was expecting some of it. Okay. What about you? Had you ever heard of the system? Well, wait. You played in it. You actually played in Consortium at Scarab. Well, what did you think of the system? Uh, it seems pretty easy to pick up, and just from like playing it, it's kind of a lot easier to understand reading through the rules and picking up on the different things I saw playing it. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, Mary, you were also a judge for a different era game at the Pharaoh's Challenge at Scarab. Now reading between the Survivor, I believe it was, yeah. which is a horror-based one, and now Consortium. What do you think of them? I like the system. It's complicated, but it's, it has enough elements in common with other systems that I think that it's, it's a really well-thought-out system. I like the setting of this really well, too. There's a lot of great details provided i'm looking forward to working that in okay oh, cool. Very cool. and you said this is only your second time gming you've played other games though right yes. all right so reading through it interesting yes reading through it what do you find the most intriguing about the setting i think the setting's mostly interesting in the wide range of times that they've given how they basically set 500 years and said this entire area is your setting go with it Right. Well, with that, last question for everyone. What folder colors are you going to choose? Well, who should pick first? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Huh. Should, I, normally, uh, normally, I'd say they should roll off for it, but uh, I don't have any dice. I don't on either. Me. Hey, who has a dice on them? A die on them? Oh, look. Liz right. has a die right there. She goes first. So Liz goes first. No, no, you get to pick first. You, you, were, <laughs> you get to pick first. You've you you succeeded in the first part of the challenge. Okay, picked she blue. picked blue. Uh, I guess I'll go with yellow. All right, Brianna yellow? picked yellow. All right. I'll take the Manila one over there. That's fine. Manila. Right. She's going very vanilla. Possibly the most challenging uh, one yet. All right, and I guess Chris, that leaves you with orange. Or well, it's red. It's red. Red. Orange. Eh. If we're going by Power Rangers rules, then <laughs> red the means it's better, right? All right. All right. Well, guys, go have fun. Read through your things. Uh, can't wait to see what happens. So we've just finished with the Pharaoh's Challenge. So we're standing here with the two players for Mary yeah. Harbaugh's Area Consortium game. How did you like it? How did you like the system? Um, I really liked the system. Uh, I really liked the... Um, I really like the kind of way that it combined uh, two different elements to form like a net, a net kind of skill. Um, it felt very unique, and it felt kind of more, uh, more character-based than a lot of 
uh, systems that just have you doing one specific skill and trying to get over a certain number. Okay, what about you? How did you like the system? I thought it was a very well-balanced system. Okay, and would either of you be interested in trying something like the Pharaoh's Challenge again, whether it be ERA or a different system? Yeah. It's you enjoyed the experience of the Pharaoh's Challenge? Yes, it was a fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time, and I'm glad you guys had fun. Have a good day. Thanks. So we're here with the players for Chris Bell's Pharaoh's Challenge table. Uh, so how did you like Era the Consortium? It was pretty fun. I, so I had a overall, fun. you liked the system? I Yeah, I did. What about you? Yeah, I thought the system was awesome. Um, I liked... I mean, I was really bad with the dice. They hated me, but uh, I see what the system's trying to get at okay. with it. Uh, I enjoyed it. And you, sir? I really liked the system, and it wasn't too hard to learn? No, not very. All right. He explained it very well. Okay, good, good. And if you had a choice, would you do something like the Pharaoh's Challenge again, either as players or as GMs? Yes. Uh, I would try it again as a player, not a DM, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Okay. And I would return as a player, but maybe in a few years I would return as a GM. All right. Well, thank you guys, and have a good day. So we're here with the players with Brianna Kale for the Pharaoh's Challenge. How did you enjoy the system, Era the Consortium? You know, it's it's a neat system. It's got a bit of flexibility. It's kind of familiar in some ways, and, uh, you know, then... It's got its own twist. Okay. And how about you? How did you like the system? Well, can I comment on the scenario? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. I like the system. I like pick, picking up a pile of dice and rolling them. And uh, that was sort of straightforward. And I like the combination of you can do something that you're a specialist in and you're going to do better in it. Whereas, as opposed to just depending on a set of attributes, like you're always smart. So everything that has to do with your brain is always good. Okay. And so the next question is, if you had a choice, would you participate in something like the Pharaoh's Challenge again, either as a player or a GM? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah? Oh, All yeah. Right. So it was a good experience. It rocked. All right. What about you, sir? Mystery first place winner of Scarab's Iron, or Pharaoh's Challenge. Uh, see, now you're, now you're telling spoilers. Um, yeah, I, apparently I would. <laughs> um, so it was neat, um, and it's always, it's always fun to find... You know, a GM who sort of has something to prove, right? right. And so uh, they're trying a little extra harder, and uh, and that makes it, I think, a little more exciting for everybody at the table. Well, as a player, how did you like being on the player side of it? And, uh, much less stressful. All much, right. Much, much more fun. All I think. right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys, and have a good day. All right, thank you. So the players for Liz Schultz's table actually skedaddled before I had a chance to interview them, which is a shame, so sorry. So it's the aftermath of the ShushCon RPG Pharaohs Challenge, and I'm here with the judges who are sitting at the tables. So I've got Ruby. Hello. I judged for Chris Bell. Okay. we got Matthew coming at you. Hello. I judged for someone else. We call her Liz. Liz. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stephanie. I judged for Mary. And I'm John, and I judged for Brianna. So overall, guys, what did you think of this experience with the RPG Ferris Challenge at ShushCon? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a pretty fun session. Uh, I'm trying to think of a okay a, a, f- a fun way of saying it, because it was fun. Um, 
<laughs> I had a lot of fun with this just because I was on the other end of what I did at Scarab. Because I actually true. ran this, uh, the consortium. So this was fascinating to see the other side. That's right. However, it was a different scenario, correct? It was a different scenario, yes. It, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's a very good point, too. Stephanie did run consortium. In, right. In she got second at. place in the right. Scarabs Pharaohs Challenge. That's right. Um, I judged for Chris Bell, and I had a lot of fun. And okay. um, I applaud him for how he handled things. Um, and I, and like I said, I was run, uh, I was playing under Brianna and it was a lot of fun. She, um, it was really neat. It was, she was also the youngest, right? She, I don't know how old she was, but she was definitely she's 13 or 14. She was definitely a fraction of the ages of all the people sitting at her table. Cause I, <laughs> it was me and me and the old guys playing at her table. <laughs> That's true. It was probably the oldest <laughs> probably the players, oldest players at, at her table. table. So some interesting facts about the GMs. Uh, Brianna told us this was her first time actually running a game at a convention. Chris told me this is his second time GMing at all. At all, yes. Uh, Liz and Mary are old hats. So yeah, Liz nothing. runs uh, the kids' track and Mary. I'm Mar sorry, I have that the other way around. Mary, no, Liz no, runs the kids' right. track. Uh, twins. Liz runs the kids track. Mary runs games constantly and other systems and stuff. Right. And they're, they're twins. They are twins. <laughs> so all sorts of fun facts about those guys. All right. Cool. All right. Well, um, quick question I asked all the players. Would you, uh, this is going to sound silly, would you play or GM in the Pharaoh's Challenge again for any reason? I mean, yes. The <laughs> for any reason has me. What? 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 <laughs> What reasons do you need? Like, it's fun. You could win as a GM. You get to play as a player. Like, I don't know. That's what, what other reasons are there? You could, are, are there dark, mysterious? I mean, there's all that swag that the GM's got. Uh, That's true. Uh, true. All right. Well, yeah, you could be an award-winning GM. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. You are an award-winning oh GM, aren't you? I'm the only judge here that isn't an award-winning GM. All That's three right. of you have won. One uh, to one degree or another, or another, some sort of. Is that a... Next year, yeah, I need to lay down that challenge. <laughs> no, no, I'm a judge. I got the judgy face. Mm -hmm. Well, email us at uh, swarmcastpodcast at gmail .com and let us know if you think Ruby should participate as a judge <laughs> oh. or as a GM in one of the RPG Pharaohs challenges. I see how it is. Uh -huh. I know my answer. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. So, John, what are we doing here? Well, um, this is the this is it. This is when we announce. This is what. This is when we announce who won. Won what? The RPG Pharaohs Challenge Shushcon Edition. Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for the prompts. <laughs> we know you don't need them. So once again, the judges had an hour to prepare a game that they had to run using the Air Consortium system. And Which seems to be a big hit, both with the GMs and mm -hmm. the players. Oh, yeah. So the GMs that we had this time, uh, we, had, we had Liz. Hi. And we had Mary. Hello. Brianna. Hi. And Chris. Hello. I got your name right this time. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting, interesting stuff here because uh, I know um, this was Brianna's first time running a game at a convention. And this was Chris's second time running a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. 
And this was the uh, first time for Liz and Mary to be actually be able to uh, competing in. Yes, usually this they're contest. so busy running <laughs> stuff at Scarab, they never get a chance to compete in these kind of competitions. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so who won? Well, or are you building well, up to it? Let's build up to that. Oh. You guys, you guys all did a great job. Yes. Players all had a, had a lot of fun. It sounds like some of you had some really interesting uh, challenges <laughs> as far as players go. Um, um, there was a lot of interesting feedback so far. A lot of interesting elements that you that all of you worked into your games using the plots. Now I want to tell you this. Remember, I said you each gave in a random plot and some random NPCs. You all had the same plot and the same NPCs to work in. Your random elements were the animal cards and which pre-generated characters you got. Right. So comparing story-wise, <laughs> there were some very interesting, very, sc- very, uh, cool. very different stories. Very yes. interesting how they all diverged from each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, uh-huh. so how are we going to do this? Are we going to start with the runner-ups and then leave first and second place to 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 suspense? I guess we should do that. All right. So who are the runner-ups, John? All right. And, and in no particular order. Mm-hmm. Runners-up uh, would have to be uh, Brianna and Liz. You both, you both did a really great job. Yes. Both your scores were, yes. were very, very neck close. And Actually, neck. All, all four of the scores were pretty yes. close. They so, were. So it was, they diverged was by tough. one point. By one point. The yeah. top two were tied. That's right. So we had to we had to uh, yes. deliberate quite a bit so, on how this went down to. So, so that leaves Chris and, and Mary. Mary. So Mary, your your game had a lot of interesting uh, political political stuff going on, and it is what it sounded like. You worked in a lot of the the era consortium uh, background, the corporations and stuff, and that seemed to be impressed. Um, the judges and players, I guess, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Chris, you had a table full of all sorts of chaotic people and stuff. <laughs> And as Ruby said, well, I'll paraphrase no, it. Yeah, don't in, say what I said. Yours, yours just kind of ended in fire and a lot of people crying in tears. Yes. Um, Not just the players and the GM. And 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 your your judge uh, was was really impressed with how well you were able to roll with all that. And still corral us into the actual story. So that being said, Ooh. hey, you know what? My my GM won again. So Chris is number one. Shushkan edition. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> surprised? I am very surprised. <laughs> Are you surprised? I am very surprised. I was not expecting uh, to win off of the events that followed. <laughs> Believe me, we spent about 30 minutes literally debating between, between you and Mary. So, Mary, you of course got second place. Well, thank you very much. How did, awesome. how did you like running it? This is, like I said, your first time running the, for, for the, the challenge. challenge. I love doing the Pharaoh's Challenge, and that was really fun. Um, I did struggle with the system, so I, I think it's great that you won because I did not understand the system when I got to the table. I thought I knew it, and then I looked at the numbers like, what? I Yeah. Liz explained to me how it was supposed to work afterwards. So. <laughs> All right. She well, explained to, to me before also, but I just did not understand her, or I thought I did, but I was wrong. To be a to be fair, while Mary was writing <laughs> lesson plans and figuring out how to grade projects that her children didn't actually finish, uh, I had more free time to go on the uh, Arrow website and read one of the quick start rule guides. Okay. So I had a little bit more time to prep on the rule system because I knew that was going to be hard for me. Okay. And how about you? How did you like doing this? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was kind of 
like a lot of stress, <laughs> especially <laughs> for like my first con oh, right, right, uh, right. scenario. But it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun just to kind of like go in and see what happened. <laughs> Your thoughts? I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. I guess my goal was to make sure the players did too. Uh, make sure the players didn't realize how little of the system I was familiar with. Um, <laughs> full disclosure, some of the times I was looking up the rules, I couldn't find them, so I made it up. <laughs> the fact that you referenced huh. the pages like three or four times maybe throughout the whole system was one of the swaying factors. The fact that you just seemed like you knew the rules and you were consistent the whole time with whatever, whenever you ruled something, it was always the same thing. Wow. So congratulations, right. uh, congratulations if, again, Chris Bell. For if you guys will see me, I will get your first and second place prizes, and there is a few things for the runner-ups as well. You can go to your tables, and I will deliver them to you. That's right. Thank so, you, guys. Yeah. So thank you, guys. And wow, I hope you get a chance to, to do do more of this stuff again in the future. That was awesome. Really, really awesome. <laughs> hey, what's up? Um, excuse me. But oh. let me tell you about my game. <laughs> so we have with us now Tim, who played in one of our Pharaoh's Challenge RPG games. Uh, Tim, you got to play in Era Survival. Yes, I did. So why don't you tell us something good about your experience with Era Survival? Uh, well, it's a very simple system. Uh, it uses attributes and skills like many other games nowadays, mm -hmm. so it, it's easy to understand. Uh, it has the exploding die mechanism. Mm -hmm. uh, it, Like I said, it's easy to pick up. It's super easy to pick up, in fact. That, you, you know, most people could learn it in an hour, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, some GMs had only an hour to learn it. So, so um, well, okay, well, tell us something bad about your experience with Era Survival. When it comes to combat, the way the combat works with like defenses and stuff, one person's defense will modify another person's numbers. Right. So there's a lot of like, what is this number, and then having to do math right there. Um, okay. I kind of feel like there's a better way of doing that to make it a little more, um, sm more smooth, streamlined. Uh, but, I mean, okay. a bit of a minor thing, but. Okay. Well, what's something you could throw at us that's in the other category for error survival? Uh, well, this one, uh, it wasn't implemented in the game, but I know it because I was the judge and read the rules. But there was like a combat system where you could be, where you range from being good or bad. It kind of helps towards your character. Okay. Also, ammo is limited. Right. Like severely limited, so it adds to the whole survival aspect a lot. Right. And I know there's supposed to be a durability thing with yes. your equipment and gear and stuff like that. Um, which we actually didn't get into. Of course, okay. we didn't use the weapons much. Well, you know. <laughs> I only had two bullets, so oh. <laughs> I couldn't use my gun much. <laughs> okay. But but overall, you, you had a you had a good time. Yeah, it was good. Okay. I enjoyed it. Well, cool. Uh, well, we'll do it again. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you for giving us uh, your review of... Era Survival, the game that you played here at Scarab Gaming Convention during the RPG Pharaohs Challenge 2018. So I'm sitting here and I've got, uh, I got, I got our buddy Ray. How's it going, Ray? Chilling. Another good weekend at Scarab. <laughs> Wish you guys were here. <coughs> yep. Everybody who's listening to this, by the time you get to listen to this, uh, you should go back in time and come to Scarab 2018. 
Oh wait, I get, we're sold out, so that might be difficult. <laughs> so, so you were playing uh, last night. You got to play in the the first of our RPG Pharaohs Challenge contest. Yes, it was awesome. We obliterated it. <laughs> That's what I hear. Made made a bunch of people cry at your table or something. Oh, uh, <laughs> we laughed, we cried, we peed our pants. <laughs> so, so what'd you what'd you think of the the challenge? I liked playing something different. And I think it really started with the character sheets. Uh-huh. And I found my favorite one, and his name was Steve. Oh, so you're, so you're playing Steve. Okay. So you guys were playing Era Consortium, which is a sci-fi um, space epic type thing. Mm. And your character was 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 a Commander Steve or Captain Steve or whatever. I was the voice of the, the revolution. The voice of the revolution. Yes, yes, that's right. Oh my gosh. Yes, I heard some interesting uh, commentary about what went on at your table. Well, everybody so. that was part of the revolution had to be a Steve. Had to be a Steve? Yes. Oh, okay. They had okay. to qualify. <laughs> and it started with the stilettos. With the stilettos. So they're part of stiletto unit, and apparently they took that to a... Uh, you guys took that to, to mean something completely different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I took it as meaning the shoes. The shoes. <laughs> It all went downhill from there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what do you think of the, the system itself? Uh, I enjoyed it. It was very open, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very easy for the players to take over. Right. I mean, that, I think that's a whole thing that uh, it forms around is, you know, here's, here's this blank mat. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what's, what belongs on it. How's this world okay. developing before right. we start? Okay, and some of that was was uh, was more of a, the GM's decision as well. Yeah. So you guys played an adventure where you had to take down a. Or why don't you, I, t- why I, don't you honest, tell me about the honestly, adventure? Honestly, I do not remember what we were originally supposed okay. to do. Because I know what the I random know plot element was. But evil satellites what, what were supposed to destroy do? everything. <laughs> but we eventually, the uh, Steve number two, decided <laughs> that we needed to uh, eliminate the world. <laughs> oh my god. So, uh, Stephanie was your was your GM. What do you think of her GMing skills? Very hands-off. <laughs> considering, Look, considering the crew she had, that's rolled, probably a good idea. Rolled with the punches, because we were very... Um, Punchy? <laughs> we were very forceful, <laughs> the direction that we were going. And yes. you, you were talking about the, uh, uh, the sniper mm-hmm. that nobody played. I was going to, you know, that was a type of character I would play, uh-huh. the drunken sniper. But right, right. Like I said, I played a drunk last year, and so I needed something different. <laughs> so you played the very sober, yes, and it was the very sober Steve. Yes, and I just he had that voice. <laughs> I am the voice of the revolution, <laughs> and I made sure to you know incorporate very well many different things about that character into it, which including taking out the rich because they had to go first. For oh, okay. Steve number two decided. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> but aside from that, you had a good time. Do you want to be a Steve? So, because do, I, do I want to be a Steve? Oh. I have my vacuum-sealed case right here full of brand-new stilettos. <laughs> we'll have a size that fits you, I'm sure. I think your feet are manly enough for them. <laughs> this is going to be great. This is going <laughs> to... Take, it takes this game to a whole different level, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you had fun. You enjoyed the... The game system. Well, then there was the revolution. And you enjoyed the revolution. Within the, no, there's a revolution within the revolution. 
because <laughs> half the team Steve decided they didn't want to destroy the world. Those guys. Go figure. <laughs> Revolutionaries at the <clears throat> finest. I don't know what's the the more interesting of this, the fact that it's that they're all Steves or the fact that uh, only half the group decided they didn't want to destroy the world. <laughs> no, we were all in. Okay. From the start, we were all in. And then things took a turn for the worst. <laughs> or the best. What's a good story without turmoil? There you go. <laughs> In misdirection. In misdirection. Awesome. I'm going to write about it on Scarab. Okay. So I'm going to put it in full detail. You so should you, totally do that. It's uh, I've taken notes. I like halfway through, it got really, <laughs> it kind of waned down a little bit because uh-huh. I was starting to write it down. Because right. I wrote something last year. Yeah. Okay. Kind of remember that. And so I had, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, I got to do it again. <laughs> and so I think I have enough notes for it. Okay. That'll be, that'll be really neat to, <laughs> to see the actual uh, <laughs> memoirs of Steve. <laughs> so, uh, thanks Ray for oh, <laughs> talking, hey, no about, problem. talking about the adventures of Steve. Maybe we'll see everybody out there next year. I hope so. That'll be great. We get a bigger venue. That would be nice. Swarmcast <laughs> <laughs> Podcast brings you games from around the world. So people are talking about food. That can only mean one thing. It's around dinner time here at Scarab Gaming Convention. Uh, it is day three, and I have uh, Tim with us. Hi. How's it going, Tim? Uh, I've been a little bit better. You've been on the show before. Yeah, I probably don't sound the same right now, though. This is, this is weird, having moved the mic closer to Tim. <laughs> well... I, yeah, I am a little bit quieter because uh, I've I've been running games all day. So and last yesterday and the day before that. So what game do you want to talk with us about right now? Uh, Paranoia. Paranoia. Okay. So uh, so who ran that game for you? That would be Donald Dennis. Okay. And I, I think he's famous or something, or people know of him. Don't tell him he's famous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he thinks he's famous. <sighs> no, don't. He does not think he's famous. Infamous, maybe. Okay. So, hey, tell us something good about your experience playing. Um, well, it's a, it's a really fun setting, and uh, the, the fact that uh, just the crazy stuff you can do, and dying is almost mandatory. <laughs> That's, the, that's their slogan, right? Dying is mandatory? I think so. Is there anything bad that you could say about paranoia? Um, well, one thing that kind of sort of happened, uh, if you, you have, it almost feels like you have to play paranoia a certain way. Uh-huh. And I, me knowing a bit of it beforehand, kind of jumped hogwild into it because I took <laughs> one of my traits as being trusting Okay. So, needless to say, I died the most. <laughs> but one of the other players was kind of just trying to play along and help people and cooperate. And it's like, I don't feel that's quite what we're supposed to be doing. And I think it would be just a little bit more fun with a bit more backstabbing. And, okay. You know, mutual... Murder. No, I, I get that. I get that. I really do. Anything you want to say that's in the other category for paranoia? I like the fact that there were buttons for the different jobs. Well, okay. Well, Don, that's what Donald used. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Donald has different buttons for it. I guess he has a button maker. But like, <laughs> don't tell him that. It'll go to go to his head. No wait. Um. 
but uh, you know, I, I kind of like the whole job system because uh, you had and just being able to like delegate out jobs to different people. Like, oh, I'm gonna make you do this job, even though you're not remotely qualified. Oh. <laughs> you, but you had a good time. Playing. Yes. Cool. Here's fun. Well, thanks for coming by, Tim, and telling us about your experience playing Paranoia, the RPG. Oh, so that was my first time. Oh. Well, I'll run it for you. That way you can experience it the way it should be run. All right. Thanks, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not just here. He's also one of the semi-regular, well, actually, at that point, a more than semi-regular host on the Swarmcast podcast. It is Tim. Hey, heads up. <laughs> so Tim, you've been uh, you've been running a lot of games here at Scare of 2018. Yes, I have. <clears throat> I understand you want to talk about. Uh, do you want to talk about another one of them? Yes. Right now. So which one are we talking about now? Uh, Tenura Bancho Zero. Okay. And people who've listened to the show, you, you've heard Tim actually talk about talk with the one of the um, translators. Yeah, one of the translators of this on our games from around the world segment. So you got to run it. Um, so tell us something good about your experience with this game. Um, it's a lot more. It has a more of a participatory feel than other games because one of the things in it is you have to give out what's called Aki points. Okay. Which are these little chits, which can be anything. And uh, basically, when someone does something funny or does some good role playing or you know does something that impresses people, they give them one of these Aki points. Okay. And it kind of. It was kind of slower to start, but after a while, people got into it more, and so people started acting more and uh, getting more dramatic and more <laughs> outlandish. So it, it made it more fun over the course of the game. Okay, cool. Tell us something bad about your experience with this. I would have to probably say uh, it, there was a lot of being the GM. It seemed that uh, there, there was a bit of a balancing issue because I had this huge boss at the end, and like one guy pretty much wiped him out with one attack. And I kind of had to, to improv from there and just kind of stretch it out longer than I intended. Well, longer than it should have. Hmm. Okay. But in, in the end, it was still kind of fun. Just the, the power level of some of these characters is quite immense. Tell us something that might go into the other category for... Well, it, it for definitely has like an anime feel. Okay. Like very much. Like just even like going through the descriptions of like the different actions and stuff. It helped bring the, uh, the, the feel of the game more into that and just all that kind of stuff okay definitely but, a good anime game well, very cool I'll have to remember that for when we get our when we get more uh, anime kind of vibe games going on that could be a whole track right there the anime track maybe people will show up and they'll be very disappointed because we're not actually watching anime <laughs> thanks Tim for, for coming by and telling us talking to us about your experience with the problem with the game whose name I always have trouble pronouncing Tenua Banso Zero there you go you heard it straight from Tim <laughs> Podcast at gmail dot Partner, why don't I pour you a sarsaparilla? It's about high noon here in the Swarmcast Saloon. Never mean only one thing. It's about time for a quick draw. Bing 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 bing. So we are here with a quick draw. Pew 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 pew
What game did we end up running? We ended up running Hunt the Wicked RPG. Track down the galaxy's most wanted as a gunslinging bounty hunter in this space opera tabletop role-playing game. Created by Sigil Stone Publishing. Dun dun dun. And the voices that you're hearing who played in the... Who, well, first off, who GM'd this quick draw? Matthew Kemenathew. And who are your players, Matthew? John and Ruby. Hello. And Calvin. Hey, you. And Tim. Sup. And Doug. Hey. hey. <laughs> and the fonts. So I, I, this was part of our quick draw exchange. Mm-hmm. And I picked this one for you, Matthew. Coming at you. That's so and silly. <laughs> I think originally I said that I picked it because uh, you like games that are weird and strange and stuff. <laughs> I think all the other reason was because I saw Space Bounty Hunters and I was like, that sounds like something. We Ma- were all Matt talking about Andromeda at the time because it hadn't come out yet when we were choosing the uh, exchange. That's right. And we both, Matt, Matt and I, like the Mass Effect games. Mm-hmm. And we were geeking out over what we thought Andromeda was going to be. I don't know. You like that Star World stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Bounty hunters like like uh, Bobby Fed or whatever his name is. <laughs> Robert Fed. Robert Fed, excuse uh-huh. me. <laughs> uh, so I guess you kind of already gave us sort of the gist of the game, Space Bounty Hunters. I mean, the basic background of the game is Space Bounty Hunters. The way they justify it is a not-quite-all-powerful AI has taken over the universe and tries to keep everyone else even and no one from disrupting the order via cheap and expendable bounty hunters, which all the players get to play as. All right. So so I've got a question. Yeah. Uh, how many pages was this quick start? Four pages. Four whole pages. Four whole pages. I think that is the smallest quick start that we have done. Mm, yeah. Hmm. As far as page number wise, yeah. 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 Um, this seemed to have a lot in it for only four pages, too. Yeah. They're so it was small type. Okay. <laughs> Kinda. I feel uh, like we made up more stuff than there possible. was actually in it. There is also that. Well, I guess the next question is yeah, about Matt. pregens. Well, actually, Matt, oh. how easy was it to learn the Hunt the Wicked quick start and about how much prep time did it take? The general idea of the quick start was pretty easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. Honestly, all the prep time I took to run these four pages was about two hours of reading through it and reading through the uh, Kickstarter page that the RPG was based on, or funded by, rather. It, is this the so, whole RPG? So, so it had a Kickstarter page also that you went to in reference? So you yeah. went, besides just the four pages, you went outside of those four pages? Yes, I tried to just use that for a general idea of the background and not to add anything more to the quick start itself okay so Um, quick start didn't have a lot of the background information no no okay so the quick start was mostly just rules Mm -hmm. okay well three pages of rules and one page of the actual quick start adventure okay okay so did we actually use um the rules and stuff just straight out of the quick start okay Yep. So if you were just using the quick start, you could have done a decent amount of this, I guess. Oh, yeah. Were you going to the kick start just to get additional <laughs> background information mainly? Or? Yeah, get a better feel for the universe. Um, okay. Kind of like those Okay. not quite cyborg race that... Right, right. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, it was kind of confusing at the beginning. All right. All right. Well, players, uh, how easy for... 
how what easy was it for us to pick up the the rules and such for the game? <laughs> well, I'm gonna uh, totally admit to start out the game, I was drunk. <laughs> So I picked up the rules drunk. Yeah, Ruby kind of did her standard. Um, I'm not gonna like pay attention to the rules per se right off of that. Correct. Well, g- <laughs> good thing the uh, rules are incredibly simple. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's a good gauge. You know, if you cannot really pay that close of attention to the rules, but pick it up in like one round, that's a fairly easy system. And the to rules. Me. Yeah, and the rules were kind of rolled into our our making our characters. Correct. Thing. What do you think, Tim? I, I thought it was pretty easy to get it once you get the hang of it. Okay. So, and this really does roll into the next ca- uh, question about what did we think of the pre-gen characters? <laughs> they there, there weren't any? There were no pre-gens as far as I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, no. we, we rolled up our characters <laughs> right then and there. Yep. Right. So we kind of literally got uh, a paragraph told to us. We literally got a paragraph told to us. And then, uh, like, okay, come up with a concept. Um, so we just started pulling stuff out of <laughs> out of left field all, all over the place. We were, all, we were all drinking. Well, aside from that, we also we also first thing you did was okay. We have to establish the tone. Yeah, of yeah. The game. We, so we, we all established the tone of the game. So, <laughs> so we went kind of weird anime tone to yeah. in short. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But it was, it was like, okay, here's a paragraph, now make a character. It was kind of, I don't know, right. hard. That was a challenge. Yeah. Um, um, I, th- I think the making of the character was way more challenged than the actual rules themselves in, in the long run. And just because we yeah. didn't have anything to go off of. It's like, you're bounty hunters, come up with a concept. <laughs> uh, yeah, see. Uh, we, I, we also didn't have, a, like, a character <laughs> sheet. Well, see, I don't think that was such a big deal. Be- but then again, I'm more familiar with weird games that are more... I don't want to say esoterical because I was going to say, oh, you know, like fate, but because uh, that's not a weird game and it's not esoterical. But what I'm saying is, I guess I understand the mechanic of create more free freedom and creation rather than rules of creation of characters in in more indie and storytelling games. So it seemed to me to be more of a storytelling game with loose mechanics. Yeah, yeah. that is a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That pretty much nails it right on the head, actually. It's- okay. Well, as far as the adventure that Matthew <laughs> coming at you threw at us, <laughs> did this give us a good idea of the setting for Hunt the Wicked? Somewhere? No. I, I mean, don't know. I, I feel like it gave us more of a sense of our concept, not of the, the world, like the Hunt, Hunt the Wicked. The, I mean, there was maybe like 90%, 10% our crazy creation versus... What they actually gave us? Yeah, it was kind of like an outline, and we kind of filled it in. Yeah. So there, there were parts of this that reminded me of the quick start that you ran for us, Doug. Uh, what Alternity? I think it was. Yeah. Where they were, where it kind of said, "Here's the rules. Here's here's ideas for kind of setting." Except you had more of a hand in that. Yeah, they deciding. Well, we're going to go with more of a portal kind of. Yeah, I think the provide. the with Alternity, it was uh, the the DM had to do the creation aspect more than. I guess this it felt like we did with our character generation, kind of a collaborative. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. This as is what the, we're gonna do. As far as the different planets and the stuff that was on the different planets and what their kind of vibe was like, how much of that that we got in the adventure was from the the quick start versus the Kick. Kickstarter thing? All of that was from the quick start. Okay. Or the quick. 
Yeah, quick start. Basically, each planet came with its own little uh, one or two sentence description. Okay. And then we ran with it from there. And then us and you just kind of filled in the blanks based off of what we established. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Tough question time then. Did we enjoy the quick start? Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed the session. Uh-huh. Um, again, since we kind of just made every bit of it up, <laughs> with the exception of one or two details on each planet, I don't know that it was necessarily this particular game that made this session fun so much as... Okay. I'll give you that. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, if, I feel like the, the, the quick starts should have like a hook to get you into playing the rest of the game. And this one didn't have an ending from what... It seemed like it did just kind of drop off. You know, like, <laughs> you know, compared to Alternity, you know, there was a, there was a whole page of talking about what yeah. the what the the big reveal was going to be and there was you know oh you could do this you yeah. could do this oh you're floating in space you're you know you're all robots you know whatever you right. know it had some hook to keep you going okay. and this kind of but did you enjoy the quick start did i enjoyed enjoy the company <laughs> i don't know that i would i want I, nothing drew me to play this system again okay. right because yeah, yeah, this module could easily be put into any other system and probably be grunges as well well i, I admit i had yeah i had I had fun with this because we were all having fun yeah um, Which i guess that's a, something that the system lets us have fun well yeah, yeah that's true yeah, okay so well i i guess mm-hmm. i have a question with this because of how we played it and what we played, and you said that there's a kickstart, was this four pages of a quick start the whole game, or was it liter- was it truly a quick start? Here's some rules. In other words, is there another game, a fuller, a more, more in depth correct? Rule set. There is a more in depth rule set. Okay, I have not read any I of that because no, I, I wanted to that's fine. Yeah. wanted to keep it pure to the quick start. <laughs> yeah, but understandable. That's what this is about, right? Yeah, I guess it did. It did feel. I mean, fairly complete. Like right. a, a lot of times, they'll yeah. they'll yeah. like strip out the magic system or something horrible right. like that, and then still give you a mage for a pregen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it, it didn't feel or or give you archers without movement information. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, it didn't it didn't feel incomplete. Um, I mean, which is why we're asking if this was the whole rule set. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I feel you could run. Just with those four pages and rule sets. All right. Well, did this quick start make you, would it, did it make you want to check out the full game? Since we're, especially, that's a good way of talking about the full game. Yeah. I still feel like not, not necessarily. Um, I could, I could walk out of here right now and still not really know what game this was, no matter how many times we repeat the 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 title. Yeah, and a lot of that is because it was very, I mean, it was very freeform, and it was right. basically me saying, hey, y'all, roll a bunch of D6, and, like, there are rules in here for resolving D6 rolls, but not a lot on, you know, how to actually assist people, or right. how to gain equipment, or how to judge equipment. It's it's all up to the GM, so like, okay. I could I could absolutely I- agree with that. I think I'm still looking for a good space-type game. I, I mean, I really haven't found one that I think really has grabbed my attention. If you guys wanted to play it again, I guess I'd do it, just because it was you guys to hang out with, but... I, I felt I, that, yeah, and I felt that Hunt the Wicked was a was a really good kind of a one-shot type of game. Yeah, and I really enjoy yeah. the idea of creating your group together and mm-hmm. you know right. agreeing on 
the tone of the game and all that. Like, that was fun to have that explicitly um, yeah, part of the game. It's likely every different group you play this with is going to come it's up gonna with something. It's going to be something different. Correct. Yeah, they because, might all because the tone differently. Yeah, yeah, because you only get an outline, how you fill in the details could probably drastically change the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Overall, I don't think I would check out the full game. Okay. I agree. I don't. I don't think that I would either. Okay. So it sounds like we're saying Hunt the Wicked was we had fun playing it. Was it was decent. It was a decent game, but not one we're probably um, readily gonna go back i mean there is like literally a paragraph to have like a an ending twist or a hook or something to get your imagination going there's nothing it was kind of like yep we did yeah we did it now what (laughs) yeah like i'm kind of curious about it but again that's also kind of back towards why you picked it for (laughs) me it's more of a free form there are mechanics to use to resolve the story but it very much make a story happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> type okay. of game. I think I'm I'm a little bit of an RPG elitist or, or snob now, I guess, because I'm like I can think of like I don't know four different games right now that I think handle it better. <laughs> I, yeah. I would agree with that. Okay. Um, okay. but and I mean that sounds so RPG snobbish. <laughs> it really does. Overall, this was a very decent, solid game yeah. for a quick start. It's probably one of the better quick starts, I think. Um, yeah. leaving yeah. us enough. There has been some train wrecks. <laughs> uh, just a couple. Yeah. We have a few low bars now. Yeah. Um, yep. but, but this is not, no, this is, this is definitely not, not low bar. Um, no. overall, I think it's an interesting game. I'm not sure I quite feel the setting from the quick start, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of disappoints me because I do have kind of a love for that uh, Mass Effect Cowboy Bebop feel type thing. Oh, yeah. So. And this could easily fit into either a Cowboy Bebop or a, if you really wanted to, you could do like a Star Wars Bounty Hunters kind of thing. Yeah. You, you could probably run this in any sci-fi one, really, with a little modification. Right, right. I mean, it's... It doesn't sound like you'd need much modification, yeah. in all honesty. Yeah. Because right. it's... There's nothing but, really... Dragging yeah. the system that comes out. You could out. go full altered carbon with this thing if you wanted to. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were, we were halfway so, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were actually <laughs> add Abe Sapien to altered carbon and humans. Yeah. 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 I, think I, was playing, I think I was playing Tank Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so cool. So I think we're saying overall we enjoyed it, but we might not check out the yeah. full thing. I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. But I will not actively look for another game of this. If if it happened to be playing and I was at like And you, you saw who was at the table yeah. and, and like, I would be oh, like hey. that could be an interesting group. Yeah. Playing that, I would probably probably check it out. But Okay. But you're not gonna walk away from it going, Ooh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hunt the wicked. When I was looking for this one on on because I got this for you off a of drive through RPG. Mm-hmm. And it looked like there were several other systems. Well, not systems. There's different, um, I don't know what you would call it, different versions of this game that had different flavors to it. Yeah. It used this the similar type of setup and stuff. From the Kickstart, it looked like, and I could be wrong because it was just a quick glance, but it looked like there was a, like a Wild West setting or something mm-hmm. like that that had come before it. Yeah. And a couple of other settings using similar right, uh, right. mechanics, basically. Right. Okay. All right. So, Matthew coming at you. What, what was this uh, game that we played again? Who was it by? And, and where can folks check this out? This game was Hunt the Wicked RPG by Sigil Stone Publishing. 
uh, you can find it on Drive Through RPG. Swarmcaster got your number. I'll call you all the time. Area code 8030443949 We got a ghost, got a ghost I admit that I'm impressed Since I'm Hatrick, someone legit to come and sit and talk some stuff Stuff. <laughs> so it's last day of Shushkan, and we're here with Mark Kale and his daughter yet again. She's going to be all over this particular episode. She was in the RPG Pharaoh's Challenge Shushkan edition. Did very well. Heard lots of good things about her. So you run a convention. I do. Oh, it, what convention is that? And it's Mega Moosecon. Uh, it is located in Richburg, South Carolina which is uh, about halfway between Columbia, South Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it is on August the 24th, 25th, and 26th this year. Okay. And what sort of things can people expect to find there? Uh, we'll have just lots and lots of board gaming. Uh, our big main thing is we just like to have a lot of open uh, space for people to board game. Uh, we'll have RPGs there. Uh, there's usually D&D, Pathfinder, Shadowrun. And, the uh, major ones, right? And then we'll have some some indie stuff going on too. We'll have our uh, our normal stuff uh, or th- some events that we've added. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have the albino moose again this year. Which what was that? It's our take basically on the white elephant, where everybody comes and you swap things. Except for we put events in between the swaps, and okay. the big rub is no one has to bring anything to swap. You when you show up. You show up empty-handed, and you walk away with a game. That's great. Yep. Honestly, I participated in it last year, but, you know, I had to play dumb for everyone else. (laughs) I thought so. I was (laughs) like, I thought she was in there last year. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, We will be doing the Lightning Flea Market again, uh, which is Saturday afternoon at the evening break. Uh, We'll give people about 30 minutes to set up tables to sell their wares. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have an hour where people can walk through and buy their wares. Okay. And then we'll break it all back down. So, so uh, we've, it's, we've found it's only there for a couple of hours and then it's gone. One hour. One hour. One hour. Yeah. We, we found that that's the best uh, solution to the swap meet because nobody wants to sit at a table for hours and hours and not be gaming to try to sell their stuff. But and yet, this is not vendors. This is just normal people, yeah. or some vendors do it, or no, it's just normal people. It'll okay. just be, uh, you know, people that have their used games or maybe in shrink games that they've okay. never gotten to the table uh, and that they want to sell. Uh, so it's a good place to get a good deal. Okay. Uh, but that way, people don't have to sit there for hours and hours at a table trying to sell their games and miss out on gaming. We let everybody know it's going to be this hour. If you want to buy something, you show up and you purchase it, and then it's going to be broke down. Okay. So do you have vendors that show up at Mega Moose Con? We have a few vendors. Uh, we'll have Carolina Tabletop Games. We'll be back this year uh, selling all of our – they're our main game vendor. Okay. Uh, and then we usually have um, some people. We've got uh, one company in their name – escapes me <laughs> is it the software company yes winter tree yeah winter tree uh I, I haven't talked to them i don't know if they're going to be back this year but they've been there the past two years okay uh and then we usually pick up a couple other uh people along the way all right so you mentioned you have a lot of open board gaming do you have things that are scheduled we will have some scheduled events 
Okay. Uh, and we will post them on the schedule. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Warhorn this year or not, but uh, okay. we will have some type of schedule. Most all of the RPG stuff will be scheduled. So with the board games, will there be some place you can check out board games to try? Will there be play to win? Or is it bring your own board game? No, it, uh, all three of the above. Oh. <laughs> we do have a gaming library. Uh, it's I, I think it's a pretty good gaming library. It's mostly my collection and then what the few uh, publishers have sent me in the meantime. I've seen it. It's pretty decent. You should come and visit and try out some games. <laughs> and um, we will have a play to win again this year. Uh, I'm Actually, our play to win has, has gotten pretty big, and I'm thinking about putting it in its own designated room or mm-hmm. part of a room. Like I said at the beginning, our, our big claim to fame is just to have a lot of open gaming. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to always have plenty of room for people to come and not feel like they're crowded. And, uh, I mean, in the board gaming community, everybody has games already. Everybody has games they want to play. And so I have found that even if you put a schedule up, which people want to see a schedule, but they don't necessarily want to sign up for the schedule. Exactly. They just want to know that it's there. When they get there, there's something that they can do if nothing else happens. But as soon as they get there, and there's two people that they know, and the one person that wants to play that game that they don't know, they're going to pull that game out that they've been wanting to play for two weeks, and they're going to play it. So, <laughs> so a little history about Mega Moose. How did it start? It's this is its third year. Or- as this far is, as a con goes. Right. This is our third year doing Mega Moose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before that, I, I run, I also run and still run uh, quarterly conventions. Um, and they usually have attendance like between 40 and 50 people. But that was originally held at the Moose Con, um, at the Moose Lodge okay. in Rock Hill. So it become affectionately known as Moose Con. Okay. Okay. And... We've since moved it to the VFW in Fort Mill, South Carolina, uh, but it's still the MooseCon stuck. And so to basically let people know that it's still me running a convention, it's just a bigger convention, we come out with Mega MooseCon. Okay. See, I didn't know that's why the name difference was. So. Right. And the, the whole quarterly thing came about because when I first started gaming in Charlotte, mm-hmm. uh, there was one game group, okay. uh, the Queen City Gamers. And that <laughs> I'm such a I'm such a preteen <laughs> makes me giggle. Um, but that group always met at people's homes. Okay. Okay. Like, and we met through Yahoo groups. With a lot of your listeners may not even know what Yahoo groups is. <laughs> you might be surprised. We're kind of all old fogies. <laughs> but um, even the the first meeting that I went to, uh, I just got on there and I, the guy was having a March Madness event at his home. I was like, do you mind me just showing up? I don't know you. And he was like, no, just come on, you know. So uh, Naive, different times. Right, yeah. So, I mean, so that was uh, how it was. And I was going to people's home, and I really appreciated what they were doing. But at the time, I kind of lived out in the boondocks. And so not many people wanted to drive out of my house. And m- my wife was not really up with me just putting <laughs> out on the walls of the Internet that y'all come, you know, <laughs> and people showing up at her home. So... On our 40th birthday party, my mm-hmm. wife and I's birthday are close together. Uh, we were we had an event at the Moose Lodge. Okay. And we're sitting there around these round five foot tables with all these chairs, 
and some of my gaming buddies showed up and we're sitting there talking and there was kind of like a revelation you're like wait we're sitting here with a bunch of tables and a bunch of chairs and a place to eat and this would be great for a gaming convention nice so of that MooseCon was kind of born. and So how long has that actually been going on, the, that, the quarterly? That uh, would have been uh, six years ago. Okay. Because so it was my 40th birthday, and I'm 46. So. Well, you didn't have to announce your age. <laughs> Hopefully some people can do basic math. Right, but, yeah. But thank you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it originally I, I just told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm just going to pay for this place, and we're going to do it. And I'll do it every november and it'll be instead of going out shopping on black friday you know coming game you know just coming game instead of doing so your for black all friday of us Fridays. anti-social social people right we, yeah we can come be away from people to be with people yeah exactly and um so uh that the first time we did it it was actually turkey con it wasn't moose con <laughs> and uh we uh it was a real big success and everybody said, well, when are you going to do this again? And I'm like, well, I'll probably do it again next year. And they're like, no, we, we want to do it more. Okay. We want to do it more. And people started saying, you know, look, we'll help you offset the cost of it, you know, and this, that, and the other. So uh, the situation that I made was I started posting events, and I said, as long as y'all pay for, I don't charge anything for those events. But I said, as long as uh, you pay for it in the form of donations, I have a little jar. I call it cabbage for the con. And uh, everybody puts their, their dollars in there. I love it, the themes. Mooses <laughs> and cabbage. And. <laughs> but, uh, and everybody has, since we started, uh, paid for it every single time. Nice. Uh, so uh, it's kept going. The gaming community is pretty generous overall. They are. They really are. So, Especially when they want to play more games. Exactly, yeah. Well, thank you, Mark, for talking to us about a little bit about Mega Moose and Moose Con and yeah. the history of it. Um, I have, did you have fun here at ShushCon? Oh, yeah. I've had a blast here at ShushCon. Uh, I saw got, you playing a few board games. Oh, yeah. yeah. I definitely have. Uh, got to play Flam Rouge again. Uh, got to play Grand Prix from GMT. Uh, got to play Vengeance. I'm starting to see some race car. Are you a NASCAR fan? Uh, I used to be. I'm not so much anymore. Okay. When I go to NASCAR races anymore, I'm like, yeah, that's the car Richard Perry used to drive. That's the car that such and such used to drive. You're the old who, man. That's you right. Know, I like, don't know who's in Back in, in my day. <laughs> yeah, get off my, my lawn. lawn. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you again, and you have a good rest of the time. All right, you too. Thank Bye. you. Hey, everybody. Here's a bunch of jerks sitting around talking about stuff. So I am now sitting here with someone who is not necessarily, who's not giving me a board game review this time. I'm actually here with uh, Aaron Lopez. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So uh, why, why do I have you here? Um. <laughs> Um, because I'm difficult to find at the scavenger hunt. Um, in addition to that, uh, I am here as one of... I'm doing several things at the convention. Mm-hmm. Amongst running board games, running role-playing games. But I'm also running a role-playing game for Baker Street. Okay. It's a role-playing game by Fearlight Games. Um and I am currently running an adventure that I wrote that is due to be published in their casebook number three, uh, which will be available on DMs Guild or Drive Through RPG uh, oh. pretty soon. Very cool. 
Um, also wrote uh, an adventure hook in a in a DM's Guild product mm-hmm. that is called A Cleric and the Vampire Walk Into a Tavern, which is available <laughs> now through uh, through the DM's Guild. And I have a couple other projects in the work for Baker Street and Dungeons and Dragons. Very cool. So. Um, you said you've been running some board games and, and a lot of that here at Scarab this year. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so how, how's that been going for you? Have you been having fun? Really, really good. Um, there's such a big variety of the board games out, mm-hmm. and some of the games that I brought are not ones that you see commonly. Um, I brought some new games that released it, uh, like some Gen Con releases from last year um, that I've not seen in stores around here. I've also brought... A game that was premiered at Gen Con but hadn't been released until recently. Okay. And uh, so far, the reception I've had has been very, very good, very positive. Cool. Um, you, have you been getting um, a decent turnout for the, the role-playing game as well? Um, my Dungeons & Dragons games are pretty much full. Okay. I run in the Baker Street. We had four people show up for that one, and then I okay. did a hood it's called Hood Role-Playing or uh, Swashbuckling Adventures in Sherwood Forest. Okay, okay. Um, that's another Fearlight Games product, um, and we had a decent turnout for that as well. Varying systems. I, I'm, I'm the type that, like, I love different games and different systems. So. Oh, very cool. So. And that's and that's, uh, that's actually pretty cool that you're, you're not just doing RPGs. You're also doing the board games. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> There's not a lot of us who... Uh, who who do who kind of do both of those things? Um, I know myself and Ruby we're both mainly RPG people, but we're also uh, a little bit into board game stuff as well. Yeah, my my primary I, I I think if I had to choose between the two, I do role playing games. Okay. But there's not a lot of people like me. So, <laughs> um, um, so like my family, I just I introduced them to some board games too, and mm-hmm. now they're interested in board games, but not RPG. So, the board games give me a chance to do something else, another activity <laughs> that's inexpensive that we can all do together. Okay, so. very cool. So um, I understand that you're you're actually um, also fairly local to the area. Um, you're you're from uh, what from around Sumter? Yes, I'm from Sumter, South Carolina. <clears throat> uh, I've been there since. Well, off and on since 1980. Okay. Um, we, um, I started a gaming group there. It's Gamecock City Adventures, which you can find us on Facebook. Cool. Um, uh, we have several interests in the group. We have board game nights on Tuesday nights. We have RPG nights on Thursday nights. And other nights of the week we do different things as well, just as people come and go. Right. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and you were, you were telling me a lot about that um, – when we had the the, the mic off, you were telling me some about that, and yes. it sounds like it's 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 really cool. It sounds like it's a grown a lot just within the past year or so. Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah. We've been around for about a year and a half. We started with three members. We're up to about forty nine, I think, is the last count. <laughs> wow. So, um, the Air Force Base and Army, with the Army and Air Force being uh, there, yeah. they have a constant okay. inflow of people, and so we. We, we, we do have some people going in and out, but we seem to have a good good group of people. Okay. There, so. Yeah, I, I can see how that... <laughs> I understand that. I see how that goes. It always brings new interests. <laughs> Somebody else will come in, hey, I like this or, right. or this game. I know, I know with, my, with my group, I know I've run 
uh, the Firefly role playing game, uh, and okay. Serenity, which is the Cortex system, yeah, Cortex Plus, yeah. uh, Seventh C, Second Edition. Um, I know I've run Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, Second Edition, First Edition. Um, I've run. I know we got somebody that's the Monty Cook representative for our area, and he oh, he'll, cool. he'll actually run Numenera, the Strange, and then okay. um, Black Sun. I think is the newest one that's come out from Monty Cook. He uses the cipher. System. The cipher, yeah. Um, I know he's getting ready to get the stuff for that. Um, Clockwork and Alchemy, one of these rare mm. oh, things wow. that nobody heard. Uh, Bedlam Hall, <clears throat> which is another interesting little one-shot RPG game. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a, and then board games, you name it, we probably got <laughs> it. Somebody in our group probably has about every board game from oh, wow. the early 80s and on. It's it's an incredible arrange, uh, collection that we've got between everybody. Wow. That... Yeah, we need we need to hang out with you guys. So, uh, <laughs> you guys are welcome. Um, <clears throat> I'm, uh, yeah, my my I don't know what to call it. My spectrum of, of RPGs that I do ranges greatly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, from uh, my big my big one because I, I I pretty much cut my teeth, grew up in D and D and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I haven't played any of the fifth edition yet, so. <clears throat> I kind of fell out of D&D around 4th edition, but... Uh, I stopped 3, 3.5 or right before 3.5. Uh-huh. Uh, I was military at the time and, what, and traveling a bunch more, so I didn't really find anything. And I came back and said, you know what? I'm tired of video games. I'm tired <laughs> of... Uh, and, and my wife and I scuba dive, and we can only do that limited time of the year. So, right, right. so during the rest of the year, it's like, what do you want to do? So, I decided to get back into the tabletop gaming. Okay. So, very cool. Been been very happy ever since. So. Very cool. <laughs> and now my wife actually started playing Dungeons and Dragons too. So. Oh, cool. See, we were we were playing um we were playing Pathfinder for for the longest time, but then uh. We got back into. Um, I, I've also been playing Shadowrun for the longest time. So yep, so you so, need your so box we, of dice for so Shadowrun. Just got back in. Yeah, so got back into to Shadowrun. So <clears throat> that's been our our big one lately. Um, currently, I'm, I think I'm running a, a Deadlands, a Savage Worlds Deadlands game for a, for actually a pretty good chunk of the Scarab staff. <laughs> I didn't think okay. about it as in my Deadlands game. That is one that I'm interested <clears throat> in, but haven't played. Um, uh, I okay. like the Deadlands, but I'm a I'm kind of a old West fan too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but one of the things that I'm doing in addition to everything else that's on my plate with <laughs> have a full time job. I'm uh-huh. writing for some adventures. I've got a card mm-hmm. game that I'm developing. Oh, cool! Which is nearing completion. It's going to be a one on one combat type card game. Okay. A very tournament friendly. Uh, then I've got a role playing game I'm developing. Oh, wow. Which I'm hoping to be, <laughs> I'm hoping to have it ready for Origins at least for playtesting. Oh, cool! So, so I'm anxious to start getting to the point where I start getting feedback on this uh-huh. one. So, I've been oh, that's that's very cool! Wow, that's that's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I hear that. I've got you know I've got my regular full time job, and then I'm doing all of this is in, in my spare time. Yeah, so so like you you how you said you know well I'm working on a card game and an RPG, and it's like. I'm I'm kind of working on a card game and an RPG, but mine are definitely more on the uh, lighter end of uh, 
<laughs> of, of things. And I, I told my wife, I just, I'm at the point where this has been a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. I started playing Dungeons and Dragons in 1978. Okay. Um, off and on, I've been playing games, board gaming and role playing games since then. Right. And now it's out of all the jobs and stuff I've had, I finally decided, told my wife, said, why don't I make <laughs> a go at, at earning money for stuff I like? Baker Street was one of those instances when writing an adventure for them. I was writing it anyway, <laughs> and I had already contacted the folks at Fearlight Games for last year's Scarab to ask about okay. sending some some flyers and stuff so I can promote it right, for right. the for the convention last year. And then later on, after the convention, he actually contacted me and asked if I would like to write an adventure for them. So since I was writing it anyway, mm-hmm. I decided to go go ahead. I finished it up, and now I got paid for it, which is nice. <laughs> wow, that's, so, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, and I said, well, I've done it once, so let's continue this and see if I can make it go so my goal is eventually to be full-time in the gaming industry um, okay that's that's a i, I like that that's a good goal. <laughs> but you've got to have a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. parts going at the same time right, you can't right. I, I don't expect to publish one thing and then retire off of that one right thing, oh yeah so. yeah, yeah. So you, I got, you just got to keep doing it yes yeah, yeah. i hear that <laughs> so <clears throat> with your uh, Gamecock City Adventurers, uh, did you did you manage to bring any of them, uh, any any of the rest of them, with you to Scarab this year? Um, we have. I know I've seen one gentleman with both of his children that were here. Okay. I know several others have have said that they were coming, but because I've been busy running games, mm. I may have missed them if they had come. But I know several had come. Had had expressed interest in coming. We'll have to we'll have to check you check you guys out and see uh, when when you got some events going on and uh, maybe we can swing by there and check it out. Uh, so he does exactly what we do, which is play everything, uh, RPGs, board games, stuff like that. I'm talking to yeah, sorry. I'm on the mic. I'm talking to Ruby right now, letting her know that. <laughs> Ruby lost Ruby lost her voice early in the early in the weekend. About the uh, about the only thing I don't play are collectible card games. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's, that's about fine. that is about it, and it's that's only fine. because I <laughs> will become addicted and 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 mortgage my house to buy the next stuff, and I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> that I, I understand that that that's a hobby <laughs> that I got into and then out of uh, back in the '90s. And, yes. Uh, yeah, I keep going. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I still have a lot of the cards that I. That I already uh, <laughs> See, that's bold I still got a lot I of those cards. So. I I got rid of them all. I actually uh, traded everything in one time to some comic book store a while ago. And I, I should just do that. <laughs> I said, right, just look, give me, here, you take these and I'll give just, me store credit and I'll buy something credit. from your store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did with them. And I was glad to get rid of them. So, <laughs> uh. so you've you've been having a, a pretty good time here at, at Scarab. Yeah, that is what yeah. It sounds like the, the, the venue's smaller than last year, right? Uh, and it's a little bit more cramped, but it's still fun. It's okay. Still a lot of fun. So, you get to see a lot of. I've tried a lot of new games too. Already, oh, that's cool. So, that's cool. Um, uh, met a lot of people. Tried a couple extra RPGs that I hadn't tried before. So, oh, cool. So, 
Um, any any particular ones that uh, RPG wise that have stuck out in your mind that you tried? Um, this one called, and I just just if you wouldn't have asked me, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, uh, Funnel Dungeon. Um, oh, Funnel uh, World. Funnel World. That's it. Okay. Funnel Was World with uh, Dennis Donald. Donald. Oh yeah, Donald. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Donald. okay. Um, he uh, showed me that one, and then and also Dungeon World mm-hmm. showed me those two, and I really really like the way that those work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm hoping that I get a chance to play that some more. Oh, very cool. Um, because that would be a lot of fun with our gaming group too. Very cool. Um, and then, game wise, I tried. I know Tack. Um, okay. Uh, just kind of a tile game, a, a strategy game, very much like chess. Um, a different strategy type game like that, uh-huh. which was a lot of fun. And then Button Men. Um, it looks like it's a reprint of something that was out a long time ago and come Button back Man. in. It's a. That sounds familiar. It's a one-on-one. <clears throat> Is that the one where you have like a little, little an actual little button or something? Like the that original that? version had buttons and it had like dice type on it that that, okay, that, that you roll. You try to capture the other person's. <laughs> I dice. remember that one. Then. And now okay. they just re-released it and they've got cards instead of buttons. Instead of actual buttons. Use, so. Uh, okay. so and okay. there's a lot. I think there's a lot more variety. But from what I understand, the way the button men was designed was so if you're going to a convention, to a convention you see somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. with a button, you can challenge them right there. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I know the one you're talking about, the, the redesigned one you're talking Correct. about. Correct. So, uh, yeah. Which is still meant to, you, you basically just have a little card so you can go, oh. Uh, yeah. No. I think so. I think it's what it is. So those, those were two that were looked uh, that were a lot of fun I got to try. Okay. And uh, I said, today I'm getting ready to do Raise Your Goblets. <laughs> and Rail Raiders Infinite. Rail Raiders, yeah. Uh, by Ninja Division, and and those are the two I'm doing today. Yeah, we we got our. Yeah, I was excited to get my copy of Rail Raiders when it. I've only gotten to play it a couple times so far, and it's uh, it hits it hits a lot of those uh those themes and, and things that I like. Yes, it's, it's really fun. My only problem is is it's is uh there's just so many miniatures and uh. <laughs> and, and my wife Ruby likes to paint miniatures, so it's like, well, now I, I gotta had, get you to paint all my. <laughs> I had to write the names of which each one was on the bottom of them. Oh, okay. So I could tell which one was which. <laughs> well, what I, what I had to do because we've got the we've got both the expansions. Mm-hmm. So for for a lot of them, I what I had to do was actually, like, like you said, kind of write it on the. I had to put like the the expansion or a symbol for the expansion on the the bottom of the base for, yeah. for each yeah. of the guys too. I <laughs> had to do that, especially because. Yeah. There's a couple of those guys, you know, with who's it's like, oh, it's a guy with a cowboy hat and two guns. Yes. Um, which one? Which, <laughs> which one, one is, is it? He? So, so yeah, that's what I did, and I'm going to paint them eventually. But by me going to paint them, saying I'm going to paint them, <laughs> I mean I'm going to hire somebody to paint them because I can't see. I, I gotcha. <laughs> so, so somebody will get they they will be painted. There's <laughs> probably a better way to say that. Yeah, because that one definitely. Yeah, it it you need to do a little something to kind of help keep track of. Wait, which these guys are all blue? Which one is the? Yeah, which one's the marshal? Which one's the son, right. the sheriff? Right. Which one's the deputy? So, yeah, but, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come up with something eventually. <laughs> Like you, as soon as I get free time, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, and you mentioned, uh, raised your, was it Raise Your Goblets? Yes. Um, we actually just got, Ruby and I just got a copy of that um, a few months back. 
Um, it was some. It was one of those uh, contest things that you're always seeing on like Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah. And and next thing I know, oh, it's showing up in the mail, and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's one I watched for a long time, and it, and I pre-ordered it. Uh huh. And finally got my copy in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been anxiously. I, I just. <laughs> I've been anxiously looking forward to playing this again, and then. With how fun it is, I figured I'd bring it up here uh-huh. and, and share it at, at Scarab, and hopefully everybody else will have as much fun. <laughs> well, that's very cool. Very cool. No, just keep looking out for the Baker Street uh, role-playing game. It's Baker Street role-playing in the world of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Um, those products are available on Drive-Thru RPG. Um, the other uh project that I was involved in is a cleric and a vampire walk into a tavern. It's, <laughs> it's a free uh, supplement or, or adventure hook collection okay. that's available on DMs Guild today. And if you're in the Sumter, South Carolina area or just want to stop in to take us out on Facebook uh, and the, uh, the groups, uh, you can just look for us for Gamecock City Adventures. Well, thank you, Aaron. Take some time out of your, your busy uh, Scarab schedule to stop by the booth and, and talk about some stuff. Well, thank you very much. Swancast has board game me. Use for you. Yeah, you got the good, bad, and other stuff to tell you. So listen up to our board game review. Hoo-hoo's. You'll really like it or I'll make you eat your shoe. Hoo-hoo's. <laughs> So I'm back, and I've got Doug sitting here, who's going to talk to me about another game that he's played. This one's going to be an interesting one. I, I could just feel it. It is. <laughs> so what, what game are we talking about right now, Doug? The card game Steal the Show. Okay. So why don't you go and start off with something good about Steal the Show? I'll say that it's themed after something I like, which is theater. Okay. Uh, I've done a lot of theater in my time, and uh, so I, I really like the, the theme, and the, and the artwork was good on the cards. Okay. Now, let's get into the, the, the bad category. Well, <laughs> unfor- the unfortunately, it was basically indecipherable as to how to play the game. Uh, it didn't have all the mechanics listed. It asked you to keep track of something. And there was no way in the game of keeping track of it. You'd have to just get a pencil and paper or get your own dice or, uh-huh. or something like that. And uh, I just I just really didn't get the feel of the game uh, just reading through the instructions and, and trying to play it. Uh, Which okay. makes Which, enjoying the game difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, is there something in, the, in our other category that you could say about Steal the Show? It looked like it might be fun once you've figured out how to get around the the problems with it and okay. uh, like I said if you like theater and things like that there's a lot of uh, quotes from old Shakespearean plays and things like that so people that get into that kind of thing would enjoy that okay all right well uh, thank you for sitting down and, and giving us your very honest review of steal the show you're welcome so hey guys we're here again with Ryan who's becoming a uh, quite a regular on the <laughs> the show here I'm doing my best <laughs> So what game are we talking about now, Ryan? Uh, Hide, H-I-D-E. Okay. As an acronym, it's a fun game. Okay. Well, tell us something good about Hide. It puts a little bit of a twist on kind of a dice rolling and uh, strategy game uh, without being too in-depth. I thought it was, I was, it took me a minute to work through all the rules, but I really enjoyed uh, the way it actually played out with my friends and I. Okay. Well, go ahead and tell us something bad about Hide then. 
it's one of those games where despite being a fairly quick quicker gameplay it the first time you're playing through it you're you're flipping through the rules seven or eight times you're going wait wait, wait uh. let's go back to this let's go back to that and and kind of goofing a few things up mm-hmm. um so a little bit slow on the uptake because of the depth of the rules but once you've played through it it's not hard if we had somebody playing with us that was experienced i think it would have pulled us through a lot quicker okay and give us something in our other category for hide you know, a lot of people are not big fans of dice rolling games for the randomness they bring in. Uh-huh. This m- is mitigated by the way the gameplay goes. I- I'm not going to go into the details on it, but I would say that if you're one of those, oh, I don't play dice rolling games, you should still consider giving this one a shot. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for talking with me about Hyde. My pleasure. Okay, so here we are. I'm back with Joe again. Uh, Joe, I have you, I know you have another game that you want to talk to me about. So what the last one? game to review for me, um, uh-huh. and, I, and I'll jokingly you had said nobody's reviewed this yet. This is Correct. a game called Order of the Gilded Compass. Mm-hmm. Box is beautiful. Um, looks like an old manuscript. Okay. Um, very nice. Um, I forgot the name of those movies, but uh, Navigator and all that stuff. Just a very beautiful game. The box. Mm-hmm. It's heavy as heck. And you had said nobody had um, picked it up yet. Right. Well, Sunday afternoon, deep into a con, uh-huh. one of the games for a convention for tickets, uh-huh. nobody had opened. We actually opened this, oh, and okay. I think it got cracked, the plastic, but we opened inside. We had to pop everything. <sighs> this thing was a bajillion pieces. <laughs> and so it was one of the, it was a, it's a dice game. Mm-hmm. I called it Yahtzee, multiple versions of Yahtzee. So what you're going to do is roll bid on an individual room in this in this card and then go to a and there's different rules for what style of Yahtzee dice combos you put on each room okay and so it was a huge amount of instructions for each card and then you actually have so many variations on which cards are available to play an incredibly dense rule book oh wow you're playing with 10 dice and on each of your turns you get to dedicate a set of dice to one of those boards okay and the funny thing is on some boards you can make multiple bids some you can add to your bid or the other ones are like totally distinct bids or maybe it's just one bid and it was so weird because it wasn't obvious by the cards themselves if you're making a single bid, double bid, you can tell what you're trying to build up to but not if a single bid is appropriate or a double bid or if you can add to them huh. it was really too much. It took us, I know we spent 30 minutes just taking it apart and starting on the directions. Oh my gosh. But just to get to read through the instructions was a page for just one of the main boards. <laughs> and then on this board, you set these style tokens off to the right. Uh-huh. On this board, and it gives you all the instructions about how to bid for it and everything, and then you win these ones. And so each board was a different set and so complicated. And it's like, mm. by the time we got through the instructions, somebody goes, I'm going to make an executive decision. Oh, no. (laughs) Because it was... So the context of this review is we're playing a game for the first time with potentially strangers, and these were people I'd played with one game before. Uh So you're taking a game you've not played before, you're going to learn it. How quickly can you learn it and play it with new people of varying levels of ability? There were no children with us, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't that kind of concern. Um, Beautiful art, 
no way we were all going to be able to effectively go through the number of play rounds to determine a winner and the limited amount of times we were willing to spend on something so densely populated. It was beautiful, provided all the dice, the dice were high quality, mm -hmm. it wasn't like there were stickers on them like the, like, oh, okay. like the spam dice game I have where you actually had to apply stickers. <laughs> um, but on this one it was like, oh this is so beautiful and that's why nobody had cracked it yet, it was so it was dense. Just, <laughs> and I'm betting somebody read the rules online and realized, yeah, not with this crowd. Oh, wow. It would just be a bad game. You need to study this game. You actually have to have somebody study this game ahead of time to be able to bring it to a crowd. You can't learn this together. Oh, wow. So that was it. Uh, again, very pretty, high-quality pieces. <laughs> it was the good-quality cardboard that doesn't just scratch very oh, okay. high. Okay. It was very nice. It's just the instructions were so dense. And so for this environment, it was didn't it was work just for me. Not, not I think okay. if we had somebody sit down with us... And again, we were 30 minutes into it when we were like, okay, this is too long to even not even roll the single die. Gotcha. So that's me. Okay. Well, well thank, thank you for, for telling us about, about your experience with Order of the Gilded Compass. Again, back at Scarab 2018, and with me I have Tracy and Micah. They've, they've, you may have heard them already. Who knows? Hi there. And my phone just will not show up. So, so hi guys, how are you? How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Doing great. So this time, this time I understand that you want to talk about a game uh, for Crown and Kingdom. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. So um, did you guys enjoy playing that game? Very oh, much. Oh, very much. I, okay. I would really consider getting that one for our own game shelf. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yes. Well, in that case, tell me something good about for Crown and Kingdom. Um, <laughs> it's. God, for, how for, do you put it? For me, the choices matter. Is you really have a lot of options, uh, and the decisions you make carry consequences, and that's what I like in a game. Okay. Uh, the inter it's very interactive, but it's not cutthroat. Mm -hmm. uh, so whenever someone does step on your toes a little bit, it doesn't feel personal, uh, and it's very easy to come back and jump right in. Um, uh, it did not have a runaway leader problem that I thought it might from when we first started playing. And okay. No, we had three. Well. It's a four-player game, mm -hmm. and out of the four players that we had, we had three that were within two of each other at the finish. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. we had someone so, take off way early in the lead, and then other players caught up through the natural order of the game without any special. Oh, wow. So it's, it's very, it's, very balanced. Yes, and it's just, it's fun, it's interactive, you're trying to figure out how to win yourself and keep everybody else from winning and it it, it oh it just makes you use your brain a lot and i really like that <laughs> cool well is there anything uh bad that you can say about uh, for there, there is one thing that if, if i were to get the game i would have to i would have to modify it slightly and that is the uh -huh. pieces you, each each person has five pieces uh -huh. and they are identical <laughs> a duke a merchant etc but the problem is each player's pieces look different from everybody else's, and they're just little wood tokens. Okay. So I don't know when the, my opponent moves something, was that your duke? Was that your merchant? I don't know what it was. <laughs> and then my opponent, other opponent moves something like, was that your uh, scholar? Was that your duke? I don't know what you were moving. Uh, okay. And, and, they, and they, they had the same problem when we yeah. moved a piece. So it, really, so it was kind of hard that, to that figure been, out Yeah, that could have been a very easy moving. fix, and if I were to do it, I would use different pawns or tokens to indicate that rather than what came with the game. Okay, okay. 
wells or anything that we can throw into our other category for uh, for ki- for, um, me, for crown and kingdom. It took for a four-player game. It took about about an hour. Yeah, between hmm. forty-five minutes and an hour. So it's it's a game that you could play multiple times in a gaming session. Yeah. Okay. With your friends and family or whatever. It was easy to learn. And very fun to play. Yeah, uh, one of the things I, I don't know if there's an expansion out for uh, coming out for it or whatever, but I'd like to see is more variability. Is obviously you have five different characters that each have different abilities. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a couple more, and each game you play with different ones. So, you, so it it, it doesn't okay. just get old playing the same thing. Not saying it would, but I could see after you've played a little bit, everybody learns the tricks. It's just kind of a uh, checks and balances. Everybody okay. keeping each other in check, and I, I think variability could keep it fresh. Okay. Well, great. This, yeah, I definitely want to check this one out. It sounds, yeah, yeah it sounds great. Probably the best, did, one, did. best one we've played so far. Yeah, and like I said, I would seriously consider getting Adding that for it. our own game shelf. Indeed. Very cool. Well, uh, again, thank you, Tracy and Micah, for sitting down and talking with You're me. Welcome. About, in this case, for Crown and Kingdom, and I hope you continue to have fun here at Scarab 2018. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks. <laughs> As a board game reviews from the Swarmcast. If you don't like it, I'm a come over a kicker. Tail! Tail! <laughs> Toast meant to say tail. Toast. One. Ooh. Why do you do that? Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, everybody, the show's finally over. That's it. You can go back to your normal life again, though it's probably never going to be the same. You can find the Swarmcast podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Tell us what you think. Heck, give us a good review on either iTunes and Tuned In, Stitcher. Heck, I think we're putting stuff out on YouTube now, if that's kind of your thing. Anyway, subscribe, like, whatever, all through those different guys. Or you can grab the RSS feed from our website, which is Swarmcast podcast.com that's all one word and you can also email us at swarmcastpodcast again one word at gmail.com why not or you can leave us a message at area code 803-470-4439 and we'll probably play it on the air if you're lucky maybe (laughs) so until next time keep on gaming and when you think of toast think of me
A-N-I-S-H Though my dad's ghost tells me Swear, swear, swear To revenge my regicide Body decides me one night under my crown He tries to hide So Hamlet, here's your mission Use your antic disposition Make them think you're crazy Bring justice, fuse the vision Meanwhile, my girl Ophelia is goth as hell Use a razor by her wrist Rocks out to soft sell This girl's got more issues than Amy Winehouse I'm like Etli to a nunnery I'm not trying to find a spouse And she says And I would have stayed in Wittenberg if I known that this would happen. If you're ever up in Denmark on a moonlit night, you'll hear Ophelia's sad song when the full moon's bright. Baby, I'm sorry I messed up. Good night, my sweet princess. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. And they sing, I've got nothing to do but hang around and get screwed up. Forget it, go. 